0: Listening to Law and Gospel on what is normally an open mic Friday. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, where you can phone in, but you cannot today because we're not in the studio uh, due to the virus. And so it's not that we have it, it's just that they're keeping the LCMS headquarters safe during this time for those employees that have to be there. And so We're doing this from home, and we're responding to items that came across our desk, either from our listeners, uh, from Wes Reimnitz, and so forth. So without further ado, on this April the 17th in the year of our Lord 2020, let's begin. Yesterday, Wes Reimnitz and I encouraged people to listen to proper preaching and Bible studies, uh, particularly on KFUO and from pastors of the Missouri Synod who put out sermons, etc., as well as a number of sermons that congregations in your area are certainly putting out over the internet. And we What we were doing was telling you to be careful of not listening to those who do not have a Lutheran background, because it sounds what they say is pretty good, but a lot of times it's not. I have an example for you today. Uh, Rick Warren, who is a well-known preacher, he has 20,000 people listening to him on Sundays alone during his sermon. And he wrote that he was about to give an Easter sermon. It would have been a normal one. But because of this illness, he decided to change it. And he changed it in order to try and resonate with Christians living during these difficult times. And here's what he said. He wrote, Friday, and we're talking about Good Friday, was the day of fear and pain when Jesus was arrested, tortured, and crucified, he said. Saturday was the day of grief and confusion when Jesus lay and dead buried in a tomb his followers were deeply disillusioned by Jesus' death. Their Savior had died, and so had their dreams. But Sunday, when Jesus was resurrected, became a day of freedom, joy, and hope. Now, in our own lives, we will go through the Friday and Saturday many times, but if we trust God, we'll always get to Sunday. So that was his message for Easter, that we also go through our Fridays and our Saturdays, but Sunday is around the corner. Now, you see, when you first hear that, that sounds pretty good, except I don't know if he forgot it, or he just didn't want to put it in his message, but the day that Jesus was crucified, we don't refer to as Crucifixion Friday. What do we refer to it as? As Good Friday. So, what does that mean? We as Christians really do not experience... A Good Friday, the way Jesus did. He was crucified for our sins. He paid for our sins. But I just finished a Latin series where we went through the words from the cross. And those words are, are not words that torture and crucify us. To John, he said, take care of Mary, and Mary, your son now, is John. To the thief on the cross, today you will be with me in paradise. Speaking to the Father three times, one of the times was, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. A lot of times we think we're being crucified, when in reality, it's our old Adam coming through there. And we'll say things like, God, what did I do to deserve this? Even though on Sunday mornings, we often confess we deserve nothing but temporal and eternal punishment. And so, yes, Jesus did experience a Friday of crucifixion, and in the grave Saturday. And it is true the disciples were bewildered and shocked and dismayed. In fact, Jesus' first time he went and saw them was in an upper room Sunday night where they were gathered together for fear of the Jews in locked room. And Jesus just appeared before them and said, Peace be to you. So there's no doubt from a historical point of view that because of the lack of faith on the part of the disciples, they experienced a Friday and Saturday. Well, what also bothers me is he says, if we trust God, we'll always get to Sunday. Notice that Sunday comes about in his mind because of our faith. In fact, he recently did a study on why you don't get as many blessings as you think you're supposed to get. And his answer was because you're not doing sufficiently good works. Now, there's no doubt that his church has done many good works. Involving helping people get housing and food, uh, helping those who have been struck with AIDS, etc. And so there's a lot of good that his church does. But I don't want to give the impression that he does that when you have that kind of faith working your good works, then Sunday will always be something you will arrive at. The fact is, is that for us, our Good Fridays and our Saturdays also are Easter Sundays. You cannot understand the crucifixion apart from Easter Sunday. And so, yes, we grieve, but not as those who have no hope. And Jesus gets us to Sunday, not because of our faith, but because of his promises. I will always be with you. In other words, we're going through a tough time now with a coronavirus, that Chinese virus. And for us to think that, boy, if I have enough faith, I'm going to get through it. No, that's not really true, because look at how many Christians are dying from the virus. Now, from our point of view, they are getting through it because they're now in heaven. But to think that they're getting through it because they're not going to catch the disease that's so terrible that will lead them to die— that would be an inappropriate conclusion. For the Christian, it doesn't matter what you're going through. Every moment is an Easter moment because what Easter says is that the promises that Jesus made on the cross are coming true. It doesn't mean that we're not going to suffer in this world, or even be persecuted. But do you find how many times in the Bible, when the apostles are persecuted, that they rejoice that they're given just a little bit of what Jesus went through in order to love him more, in order to have greater faith in his promises. So, I would give the example of a Christian funeral. Obviously, there are a number of people who are grieving, but they are not grieving without hope, and they have a joy about them. I'm not saying they're happy. Joy is an attitude more than an emotion, that it is the same attitude that Jesus had as he went the way of the cross, he rejoiced, despising the shame, because he knew the result of his crucifixion would be the salvation of millions and millions of people. So, we don't really have Good Fridays in our life. They're recognized as what jesus went through by our old adam and we get angry at god sometimes and can't understand why he's doing what he is doing but there is always a purpose for whatever we go through in fact we're seeing a larger number of people listening to church services than might have on sundays because a human being is just set to need to be fed spiritually. Now, the other point I wanna to make uh, today is that doesn't mean that we are not going to be persecuted. We in the United States have the freedom of speech, and that isn't really found everywhere in the world. For example, in Finland, they have laws against ethnic agitation. That doesn't occur when you say, beat up somebody you don't like. It means when you speak against their lifestyle. What happened is the dean of the evangelical Lutheran mission dioceses of Finland Johanna Pojola is now being interrogated, well, he's being questioned by the Helsinki Police Department because he's suspected of ethnic agitation. What is that being spoken of? Well, What he did is that he distributed a book and published it. It was written by Pavi Rashan, who is member of the Finnish Parliament and a former minister of the interior. And here's the title, Male and Female He Created Them, Homosexual Relationship Challenge the Christian concept of humanity. Furthermore, the investigation carefully went over those sections of the book that the Finland prosecutor general had taken to be defamatory and insulting to homosexuals. Well, it's kind of like when you say that a pedophile what they are doing is wrong and contrary to God's word. That, of course, is defaming and insulting pedophiles. But who would be arrested for that? But see, once a nation decides that homosexual activity is no longer contrary to the word of God, then if you speak out against it, you're insulting them. Now, here's the response of Dr. Pojola. He says, I am the editor of chief, responsible for the publication and distribution of the booklet. I deny, however, being guilty of the crime of ethnic agitation." Mrs. Rashanan's text is not defamatory or insulting to homosexuals. In my answers, I showed that the booklet teaches in line with Christian anthropology that every person is precious as being created in the image of God, regardless of sexual orientation. This does not mean, however, that people are not responsible before God for their way of life or moral choices. The homosexual lifestyle is contrary to God's order of creation and is a transgression against his will. If one is not allowed to teach this publicly, the message of sin and grace will be left without a foundation, and freedom of religion will decline. In fact, yesterday in the United States, uh, there was an article about a group of homosexuals protesting in front of a place where the needy were being given food. Now, why would they be protesting that? Because the food was coming from a Christian organization that said that homosexuality was a sin and that marriage should only be done between a male and female. This is in the United States, protesting food being given to the poor because the group giving the food has biblical views on homosexuality. Now, getting back to Finland, this preliminary investigation will be passed on to the prosecutor, and he will have the opportunity to give a final statement and decide whether to prosecute and bring the charge to the district court or not to prosecute. And if he decides to prosecute, this individual, he's a pastor, dean of the Evangelical Lutheran Mission in Finland, could be going to jail. This is really what the Christian church is up against. The criminal code of Finland has been rewritten and defines ethnic agitation as follows. A person who makes available to the public or otherwise spreads among the public or keeps available for the public information an expression of opinion of another message where a certain group is threatened, defamed, or insulted on the basis of its race, skin color, birth status, national, or ethnic origin, religion, or belief, sexual orientation, or disability, or a parable basis shall be sentenced for ethnic agitation to a fine or to imprisonment for almost two years. Now, see, we would agree that you ought not defame somebody on the basis of race or skin color or birth status, like where they were born or their national or ethnic origin. But once you get into religion or belief, sexual orientation, then you're dealing with something that would mean that if Jesus Christ was in Finland, he would be put in jail for two years. Remember what he said to the Pharisees? Your father is the devil, because you're following his word, not the word of Jesus Christ. In, in fact, churches would end up kind of going out of existence, because the primary purpose of every sermon is to preach law and gospel. What's law? We're talking about God's second use of the law, not his first one where the government keeps peace or the third one, although it can be in a sermon, giving guidance to people what is the will of God in a certain situation. But the second use that God makes of the law is to accuse people of being a sinner. And that sin can occur If you take a look at the second table of the law, by murder, adultery, stealing, coveting, all kinds of things. Well, who that does those things is not going to be feeling that they're being attacked and that they're being put down. This is really getting quite ridiculous. If somebody says my sexual orientation is toward little children or raping women, then when you speak against that, you're going to be arrested. Just because certain laws permit the murder of children in the womb or marriage between two men or two women, doesn't mean that we're going to be silent, because those laws are not from God. They're instead from the devil. And therefore, in countries that don't have the freedom of speech that we have, you can be arrested and fined, and in Finland, actually go to jail, for speaking the Word of God. Recently in Canada, a pastor put up a sign. I think it was in Saskatchewan. And all the sign said was Bible verses against homosexual activity. Just Bible verses, not his own opinion at all. And he was arrested and fined. For that practice. Since when are we not able to speak God's word? Well, it definitely occurred at the time of the early church where they were persecuted, thrown to lions, locked up because of what they said, even though what they did was very helpful to people in the country in continuing to care for them, to send medical doctors and nurses to help them, and to feed them. All that didn't matter if what they were saying was contrary to what the government said. So it's it's really kind of interesting in today's Open Mic Friday that we were talking about two items. The one is be careful of preachers that do not have Lutheran backgrounds or study because many a time you're going to hear things that are contrary to the Word of God. Uh, For example, I recently heard some so-called Christian pastor saying that those people who are getting sick and dying, that that's because they have done some great sin. No, that's ridiculous. It's not that they haven't done great sins, but God doesn't act that way, where he's getting even with people for their sin. What he did, he paid for your sin, and that's quite a different matter. And the other thing is, be prepared as a Christian to suffer persecution and to suffer against those who are for what is contrary to the Word of God. We leave all things in God's hand, and every day for the Christian is an Easter. We never... Have a good Friday the way Jesus did. I'm Tom Baker, and on Monday's Law & Gospel, we'll take a look at a reading for the following Sunday that will show the importance of Jesus' death and resurrection.